I'm going canoeing with Olympic gold medalist Etienne Stock. I love paddling because of the feelings that I get on the water and the people that I'm on the water with. Ah, that's got to be the back because there's no space for someone to put their feet in the front there. I always dreamed that I would be an Olympic champion and a world champion. In fact, many more times than I eventually was just the once in London 2012. We don't know what we're doing. So since I finished racing, I've carried on paddling for fun, freestyle and slalom, but I've become increasingly interested in environment and also now about how it relates to access and allowing people to get into the natural world. I'm Etienne Stott and on this series with British Canoeing, I'm going to meeting paddlers and chatting with them and finding out what inspires them about paddling. And I'm going to look a little bit deeper into the challenges that face us. This is episode one, and I'm going to be meeting a young paddler who's standing up to the tide of plastic. But first, I'm going to speak to an extraordinary man, someone who's doing something special in the Derwent Valley in the Peak District. So I'm here in Cromford Mills in Derbyshire with an old friend of mine who I've known for a long time, uh, the founder and boss of Peak UK Kayaking Equipment, Pete Astles. And I just figured it'd be interesting for people to know a bit about how you got into paddling and, and your journey to this point. Uh, great to see you again, Etienne. Uh, yeah, we're in Cromford Mill. I started paddling as a young uh, youngster, about eight or nine years old, in the Lake District in Ambleside. I uh, grew up in the lakes, trained for slalom, and I did what everyone else did. In 1987, I moved down to Nottingham to train at Home Pier Pond. Uh, off the back of that, around about 1990, I got glandular fever and I couldn't train, and I worked in a kayak shop. And the gear we sold in the shop wasn't great. It didn't really follow any fashion. The fabrics weren't very functional. So I, I decided to uh, make paddle sport garments. Um, most of my friends at the time, they were like British champions, members of the team. So immediately uh, I had a market. They were all interested in the gear and we sort of went from there. Bought a sewing machine, taught myself to sew and never looked back. This is also the scene of secret testing. In these quiet rivers around here, Pete and some top paddlers spent years working on a new piece of kit that helped Britain to win gold in the slalom at the Rio Olympics. The kit is the Racer ST, and it's a really cool story. For the Racer ST, what we did is we took half the thickness of the buoyancy of the life jacket. So normally people would have sort of 40, 50 mil of buoyancy on their body. And basically we reduced it to 20. And the layers or the thicknesses we took out around about 40, 50 millimeters, we actually built into the spray deck. So effectively we halved the thickness of the life jacket. We made it all into a three in one sort of top deck jacket, spray deck, buoyancy aid combination, which meant that the guys that could race through the gates, A, tighter lines but be a bigger margin of error so it was a kind of game-changing thing um, and then what we did we did this sort of all in secret over a four-year period nobody or very very few people knew about it we got the ISO approval we tested the product we got it all ready before we announced it uh, and basically Joe Clark and the team in 2016 in uh, Rio did ever so well and Joe Joe won gold medal and I don't think he hit a pole in the whole race so uh, Immediately uh, off the back of that, we launched the Racer ST to amazing success. Pete began in a friend's back room before moving up here to Cromford. And now alongside his business, he's working on something called Project Paddle Peak. This place is where the Industrial Revolution began in 1770-something. Um, Richard Arkwright built these mills here. It's the first water-powered mill in the world. Uh, we were operating here uh, since then. 2012 we built our own factory in the valley which we actually 
we kind of feel it's the new mill in the valley, the sort of textile, modern textile revolution. Uh, and recently we've started Paddle Peak, which uh, we would say is the new revolution in the valley. So that's uh, the home of Richard Ark, right? Oh, okay. So the guy that built the mill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He built that house. And I suppose, yeah, a few, few months ago, you brought me in to launch this Paddle Peak project. And it's just an inspiring, very cleverly thought out project. And I thought I'd like to hear about that as well, please. Yeah, yeah, basically Paddle Peak, it's, uh, I've had it in my mind for probably 10 years now, is a little project. Uh, primarily is to open the Derwent Valley and the reservoirs and canals in Derbyshire and the Peak District for paddle sports. Because right now, there's very little uh, places we can go uncontested. There's about half a mile of the Derwent uh, and nowhere in the Derbyshire Peak District uh, paddle sports welcomed when you know we can climb, we can run, we can bike, we can do all these other activities uh, with no confrontation. You and know. In fact we're sat in front of a sign here that says canoeing prohibited so this is an example right here it's no accident now we're here I guess. I, exactly so this is where I live uh, what kind of prompted me further is I, I I very luckily in September to move next to the river. Uh, like I said before, I've got two young kids and I took my son out paddling on the river outside our house. A couple of times on our trip we were confronted by people. One was a water bailiff telling me how dangerous the river was because it was polluted with sewage and it was a health risk to my child, you know, which uh, was completely untrue. Uh, and the next was a land owner that told me that kayaks did terrible damage to the river and the wildlife mm. and you know that was shouting at my four-year-old son so we had a you know not a very good experience from actually going kayaking outside our house so this kind of prompted me even, even more um I, I was lucky enough to start kayaking in the lake district um someone called colin Mott, like a famous kayaker inspired me as a nine-year-old boy to to take up paddling and you know i've never looked back from that point point onwards we've all got stories like that right when exactly. someone some one key moment when you first got into it and like that was it You've yeah rolled yeah. out from there and all my friends are kayakers my life revolves around kayaking i have a very successful kayak business uh, and it's all off the back of being inspired into a brilliant sport when i was sort of eight or nine years old in the lake district so really it's kind of a payback time for me what i want to do is i want to inspire the local kids of Cromford and Matlock Bath you know ultimately all kids but you know you've got to start small start where you're based to where my kids are based uh, I want to a give them the chance to try kayaking but b give them the chance to take it up uh, regardless of their income you know I just oh, yeah, want yeah. all local kids to have the chance that I had yeah. because you know myself like you it shaped our lives we've become very successful one way or another and even our friends that haven't necessarily won Olympic medals or have businesses I think actually them being kayakers has done something really good yeah, for their life yeah. uh, you know and paddlers are a, a brilliant bunch like I don't think <laughs> I've ever met yeah you know a paddler you wouldn't you know yeah, I've yeah. come go for a beer with or yeah. you, you know whatever it's a great bunch of like-minded people Paddle Peak is in its early days, but it's really inspiring people to come and join in. And Pete's getting all sorts of people and organisations on board. He's clearly good at making friends. Yeah, that, that's the aim. So let's hope, uh, watch this space. I think it might take a while, you know, I think five or ten years maybe. But people say, you know, well, what's your aim? Where do you want to open the river from? And I say, you know, from the dams to the confluence with the Trent. And then they kind of stand back a bit. And I said, you know, but to begin with, a start would be from Matlock to Cromford. You know, so bit by bit, we'll work on it. Um, and our ultimate goal is from the dams to the confluence with the Trent. But I think it's also the ultimate goal is every river, you know, yeah. a river that's navigable by kayak uh, and canoe. You know, let's open all of them. Let's let's have access 
fair shared, sustainable access to to all of those rivers. This is wonderful. I've never been here before, you know. When I look out at this beautiful river, you know, the trees hanging over it and the water just slowly moving through the rocks, it's hard to imagine all the amazing stuff that Peter's pulled out of this river. Yeah, yeah, we've done uh, several river cleanups now and uh, you would be amazed what we get out. Probably one of the favourite things is road cones. I reckon in a mile stretch we probably put 10 or 12 road, road cones out of the river. Uh, road barriers. I'm guessing people get drunk and walk home and think it's good. I just throw it over the, the wall into the river or something like that. We found pieces of cars, car wheels, um, laptop computer. I'd hate to think what was on that. Uh, tennis balls all sorts of stuff um unmentionable things really and do you do you find it a bit sort of depressing or does it does that spur you on because i think sometimes you some people might be like oh man this is just too tragic um initially it was but now it's kind of entertaining i think we had a vacuum cleaner and a lawnmower a kid's slide you name it it's in there people throw it they don't want it they throw it in the river uh we've located sewage leaks and reported those to seven trent who have come along and repaired them um we can report trees down stuck on bridges to the environment agency you know and they'll action it and get those removed um yeah but you name it it's in that river so actually uh, you've got quite a lot of people you know like these are kind of government organizations they're kind of on board with the idea of what you're doing here you know they want they, they're asking for your help and you're helping them out well they're not really asking for our help we're offering our help yeah. uh, we're giving them our help uh, they've not come on board yet we really want them on board with our project because it will give us some credibility you know where we've got some some or some groups that are against the project you know if we've got people like seven trent the environment agency supporting us uh it really will give our case some weight behind it yeah. uh those people can you know are very involved with the rivers they own a lot of the river bank uh it'll just in, enforce what Palo peaks about and how important it is to clean the river because yeah. that's what i like i think for me it's this idea that canoeists kayakers stand-up paddleboards whatever river users can be the eyes and ears and they can kind of be there and tell you know tell these people what needs sorting out but if we're not allowed on the rivers then all sorts of stuff's going to happen and it's never going to be known so i think that's what's really cool to get people out there get it get get it on there you know yeah that that's exactly it i think uh, people using the river definitely the sort of sewage things that you find you know seven trent won't be aware that something's leaking uh you know they've got a tough job people flush all kinds of things down the toilet that shouldn't be and the old fatbergs and that kind of thing it'll block the drains they don't actually know that things are blocked and flooding into the river but if we tell them immediately like within a couple of hours they're contacting you they're going locating the problem uh you know and they're telling us that they're fixing it uh, so yeah we, we are the sort of eyes and ears on the ground in the river uh, it's really tricky if it's a river we're not supposed to go on uh, but yeah we can be super helpful uh, with the water companies for sure well we're down by the river and pete didn't live too far away so we decided to get in his boat and go for a little cruise up the canal here we go we're on cromford canal built in 1770 something a guest to transport textiles from uh, Cromford Mill to Nottingham beyond. Absolutely beautiful place to bring your kids paddling. There's a really great loop down the river and then back up the canal. Uh, one of the routes we want to do for Paddle Peak. Um, 
unfortunately access is a little bit complicated so um, not really great right now but watch this space got lots of ducks over here there's more hens grebes I've seen a grass snake in here and in fact there's a dinosaur so if you ever come along Cromford Canal keep your eye out for the dinosaur there is <laughs> yeah there's a dinosaur so there's an old um, disused garden centre further along and there's a huge wooden dinosaur in the woods so that ring there probably from 1790 something like that tie your boat up people now kind of know me as being more interested in environmental stuff and campaigning and, and activism and I suppose this is activism like at grassroots and so much of it is people just don't quite realize you know and this is a case I guess plastic pollution now is is coming on really really important in the agenda but I'm thinking you know you're actually taking this on and you've got this whole project that's kind of centered around environment but also community here as well and it's like I, I, I like that you know tell me about that right yeah part of our project um, is to actually care and clean the river you know I think if we clean the river uh, we can save the sea everything that goes into the river will ultimately get washed down to sea uh, a lot of what's in the rivers come off the roads people throw it out of the car yeah. you know it rains it gets washed into the river but you know as paddlers if we come down here uh, couple of times a year do a big big clean uh, but then as we use the river on a daily basis pick up the small bits you know the the environment is gonna be you know so much better a lot less waste will end up in the sea and that's what connects it for me it's like part of all of this is to connect people to something that's valuable because a lot of people live in cities and towns and they don't really see and even you know slalom paddlers don't go on natural rivers that much anymore <laughs> like and I think when you get out in, and this is a wonderful spot when I when we followed you here I was like wow this is beautiful all the all the all the flowers and the trees and obviously very good fresh air and the sound of the river here and I suppose you're talking about getting people to get on this river so they can have a stake in the future of it as well that's exactly it you know and the little bits we do here you know the problem the problem you've got is you know I only I only walk up and down say this mile of riverbank here and you know we have been cleaning the river for several miles but there's thousands and thousands of miles of rivers around the country and I'm, I'm sure they're all in the same sort of state if not worse you know if you get to any kind of river that's near uh, cities or towns then the amount of rubbish that's in there you know is far worse but you know if paddlers or paddle sports people responsible start you know cleaning the river um, getting publicity for the sort of work we're doing you know all of a sudden it kind of inspires people you know to follow and we, you know we've had so many sort of people to offer help you know yeah. and they're really sort of they've connected with us really and I think the reason Paddle Peak project that we've started has been accepted uh, by councils and stuff is, is really off the back of our work cleaning the river you know and I don't think anyone's ever done it you know ever done it in a in a, in a large way you know and within so we clean a mile and a half section here um, we can probably pull out almost a ton of rubbish wow. you know so um, it's colossal I guess the uh, the scale of of what's going on so that's it and for me this is what's awesome is I like the idea of you know we've got this huge task you know this is a huge river you say you know and this is just one of thousands in the country and people are like bewildered they don't know what to do but you're you know this is a way of giving people connection to that task but I also you know I've talked to you about this it sounds like it's actually quite an uphill battle um, it's a lot of people to get involved and surprisingly tricky to get done and you're pushing against it yeah yeah we've come across um, a few hurdles uh, in the valley now we're just really trying to friend key 
like I say, the councils, the mayors, the town councils, the county councils, key people, uh, key landowners, people like Cromford Mill, they're really on side. Uh, but then we've come across some hurdles, you know, what we've found is uh, it's generally sort of angling clubs, they don't want to engage with us. You know, we've, we've spoken to a couple and a couple are nice, but, you know, on the whole, people don't want to engage with us or the angling fraternity do not want to engage with us, uh, which is frustrating. You know, we really, really want to engage with those guys for me, I want to get on with those guys and friend, friend them. Uh, there's no reason why we can't coexist in sort of harmony. Uh, we just need some kind of code of conduct between us. And what I'd love to see really is all the sort of river users together. You know, is cleaning the river. Uh, if we could do a, a, a river cleanup with the, along with the angling club, you know, I think it would be groundbreaking for uh, our sport, but for also their sport, you know, a, a, as a way we can kind of maybe get some common ground and work together. As we walked across the car park to go to the cafe, we just happened to bump into one of Pete's partners in the Paddle Peak scheme. How are you doing? We're doing a podcast here. Podcast? Yeah, we're talking about Paddle Peak. Oh, fantastic. This is Sam, he's one of our uh, members. Uh, we, we'll just see, maybe you can contribute about your involvement with the uh, little group of paddlers. Yeah, well, we, we've been here today with a, a school group from Nottingham. Um, sort of year eight and nine and uh, had a great time on the canal loving it went on a bit of a journey down to the high peak junction and back that was a cool example for me how you're getting people who are businesses around here to kind of see this vision join in with you but this is kind of like a, a economic thing as well right we're going to try and regenerate the valley economically get more people coming here to enjoy this place and i like that part of your yeah well, Sam, he's got a company called Acclimatise. They're a local activity provider in the Dewitt Valley. Uh, Paddle Peak at the moment, it's just a collective of uh, paddle sport enthusiasts, uh, businesses and clubs. Um, whether we become a club or a charity in the future, that will be decided fairly soon, I guess. Uh, but um, yeah, those guys Acclimatise, they're part of our group. Uh, it's, brought, it's brought us all together. Everyone's collectively working. They come and help for the clear-ups. And then the other part of the project is uh, we, want to, we want to promote any sort of local businesses that are close to the river. So down here at Cromford Mill, for instance, there's the visitor centre. Uh, you can park up here by the canal. You know, what we want is paddlers to be responsible, park in the correct places, pay and display when they should. Uh, but, you know, frequent the cafes and the pubs, you know, don't park in a pub car park and go canoeing all day. Uh, if you park in the pub car park, you know, make sure you're in that pub spending money, you know, because they're going to love paddle sports. If you leave your car there all day and don't go in, you know, they're not going to like us. So just be really responsible, you know. Uh, so like I say, we want to promote the businesses. If there's a hotel by the river, that's the place we want paddlers to go and stay. If there's a cafe by the river or the canal, you know, go there, go have your lunch. Because uh, these people are the people that are making it possible for us. And the more local businesses we have on side, um, the more we're going to be accepted and people are going to stand up for us. You know, they're going to want us there on the water. They're going to want to see us as, you know, as much as the walkers and the bike riders. So, you know, that's what we want to do. We've got to be responsible. Speaking of which, we're in a car park. Let's go and have a uh, cup of coffee and a cake at this cafe, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Nice one. Thank you, mate. <laughs> So I've left Pete to his cake and now I'm off to see Alex McDermott. Alex is only 15, but you need to keep reminding yourself of that because he's well switched on. He's got a lot going on. He's a member of the youth parliament and he's a paddler. Hey Alex, how's it going? You had a good day today? I have. What about you? Yeah, man, it's been nice. I've had a good time already and interesting to chat to you today. And I suppose the first thing I'm really keen to know is how did you get into paddling and what's it done for you? 
Yeah, so I've always been quite an outdoorsy person really, so I enjoy climbing, obviously kayaking, and, and I'm in my local Army Cadet Force, and so through that I've been very fortunate to be introduced to all these different activities, uh, and it's just great to get out and to see this beautiful landscape uh, and have the opportunity to get onto these rivers uh, and just enjoy them. And what sort of paddling are you into? What sort of stuff do you do normally? Um, so from competitive events to just going out with my mates, uh, I love it all. So this summer I'm canoeing the River Wye with two of my friends and I'm really looking forward to it. Concurrently I should be running a microplastic study there as well. So I think it's a good opportunity to integrate uh, my two interests. So protecting the environment and enjoying the waterways. It's really cool to see Alex and his brother Joe acting powerfully, taking this massive step of their own to address this problem and are really heartened and inspired to imagine what other people might do when they see their example. A project that me and my brother Joe set up, uh, What's Up With The Derwent? And all that is is an investigation trying to uh, analyse how much plastic is in our waterways and what we can do to prevent it. So their kitchen table must be quite a sight with all those samples all over it. But now he and his brother are getting on with finding out what's really going on for themselves. You literally go down and in a beaker, get a bedload sample. So recently, uh, Joe and I took some samples and the results that came back were shocking. You can see uh, chunks of plastic in the water uh, denoted by these unnatural, uh, bizarre colours. And you just think how harmful the toxins that they're emitting can be to the environment. And obviously, what they ingest uh, is what we eat. So if we go down onto the chippy uh, on a Friday night and we eat a nice cod, uh, little do we know that, you know, that can have some really harmful chemicals which can affect our health. So no matter where you are, no matter how much money you've got in your background, uh, it's affecting everybody. You can't avoid it. So we went out to try and prevent this, and one way we've done that is through investigating microplastics in the river. And right now, my brother is in Bosnia as part of his year 12 work experience um, with a party of people um, conducting different studies, but the one he's doing specifically is seeing how polluted the river is of plastic, the River Drina. So he's there now on this expedition and he's excited but also quite worried to see um, what the results will be. So looking forward to getting those and seeing how we can act. So until I met Alex a few months ago, I'd never heard of the Youth Parliament and I thought I'd definitely want more people to know about it and find out more myself. I'm an MYP, which is a member of Youth Parliament, and they are a young person between 11 and 18 um, that is elected, like normal MPs, to represent all of the young people in their constituency, my constituency being Amber Valley and Chesterfield. And they represent the voice of all these young people, and they can express their needs at regular conferences. I've been very fortunate to have the support from loads of other uh, MYPs and the staff at the UK Youth Parliament. Um, so through that, I've been given a voice, a voice which I can use to try and make change. And through this voice, if I can get the public to change their opinion, then we can drive 
uh, for a national revolution. Um, I've tried to spread the word of the negative repercussions that plastic pollution poses. So obviously what gets into our rivers gets into our seas. And I've been going into schools to try and promote the Surface Against Sewage Plastic Free School Scheme. So I've been going in and giving assemblies, trying to get as many young people involved as possible so they can join around 350 schools nationwide to obtain this award. They achieve this through five simple objectives, which is incorporated into the Key Stage 2 national curriculum. So really easy for teachers, not too arduous at all, and it's a really effective way of making change that I've been enabled to do through this voice that the UK Parliament has given me. So I'm very appreciative of that. So this is pretty cool to me. You're talking now about the connection between your paddling and your kind of political power. So it must be quite exciting to wonder what you can do with those two things together. Yeah, I think the, the future is quite exciting for paddlers. You know, everybody's coming together, uniting. I know the work done by the Midland Canoe Club and obviously uh, you as a, an Olympic athlete with the reach that you've got. Um, it's really helpful that we can combine different skill sets and I think that for the future we can look forward to access for all um, fishermen, uh, paddlers, everybody really and I look forward to seeing this beautiful area conserved for many many years to come. Right Etienne, I'm sick of you, you've asked me enough questions so tell me, what gives you your passion to protect the environment? Yeah, it's a good question, I mean look I grew up much like you in the environment going with scouts going canoeing and, and I suppose learn to love the beautiful natural areas that we have in our country and also around the world that I've been lucky enough to visit but now I see they're under threat and I suppose importantly I see the threat of the future lives of young people and, and even myself if we don't get a handle on all these environmental problems the environmental emergency that we're facing I believe the lives of people like you are going to be much more difficult in the future and I just don't want to let that be like that I have to act and I have to try and make a better future for us all uh, yeah I think I think it's really important that uh, we use the influence and the, the credibility of you know sort of legendary athletes like Etienne and uh, other upcoming talent to try and emphasize how important these waterways are and you know the innumerable benefits that it can have on them uh, and I think that as well as that as well as the personal benefits uh, it can actually be paddlers themselves that can go out onto these waterways uh, and try and clean it up to make sure that you know it's, it's sustainable and people can use it in the future and again just encouraging these uh, people to try and get into it as well yeah man i hope uh, i hope we can go paddling for many many years to come i've had two really interesting conversations there and i'm joined here with ben seal places to paddle manager from british canoe and i wondered what you thought about what you've heard today it's the in short, it's inspiring, I think. I, and nobody can be failed to be inspired by where we've been, standing on the riverbank and watching the river go by and, and hearing the stories of Pete and, and Alex and how they've, they've uh, taken it upon themselves to, you know, in Pete's case, create a mini revolution. Um, and, and Alex, who, you know, he's just, he's just a fantastic force. As a young person to be taking this on as a, a challenge to try and tackle plastic, I think it's inspiring. And it, I personally hope that other people will be inspired, other paddlers, other clubs, to get stuck in and, and sort of emulate what they're, what they're just starting to do here. 
Thanks to Ben, Alex and Pete for being on episode one of Clear Access, Clear Waters, the Paddlers podcast. I'd love it if you'd leave a review and subscribe and you'll get a notification of when the next one is available. If you also check out the show notes, that'd be really cool. So thank you very much and see you again.